Syracuse football drops its second straight game this week, worse than last week. There were controversial calls from the officials. There were controversial calls from the coaching staff. This was a game that things did not look great from Syracuse, and North Carolina came out firing on all cylinders. We'll break it all down on your Locked On Syracuse Monday episode. Let's jump right in. You are Locked On Syracuse. Your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up? What's happening? Welcome to your Lockdown Syracuse Monday episode. It's your boy, Ovi, saying thank you so much for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen today and every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. And today we we talk a tough game, right? Syracuse, North Carolina. It was a 40-7 to final score. There was controversy. There were issues. There is a season-ending injury for Syracuse. There's a lot to talk about in this game. And I have to lead with this as much as I don't like leading with officials and I don't like leading with calls, but I think you guys would tear me apart limb from limb if I did not lead with the controversial call. Syracuse with a blocked punt. The North Carolina punter picks the ball back up, gets out to the left, running, running, absolutely lit up close to the line to gain. It appeared from what the camera angle showed, from what the replay showed, from what Twitter showed, that he was short of that line to gain. But the review says otherwise. I'll throw it to Dino Babers for a couple of minutes. Let him recap what he saw. Give your or give his perspective on that situation. Uh, and then we'll break it all down uh, in a minute or two. So let's hear from Coach Babers on that one. Um, I had a very good angle on that play, even though it was on the far side of the field. And... Uh, I felt like the ball carrier had the ball in his left hand, and I did not feel like he hit the 42-yard line. I asked them, I said, I asked them, they said, well, they, I said, you guys, he didn't make the 42. And they said, let's see where the mark is. And they marked it as a first down. I said, you guys, he did not make the 42. They said, coach, we're reviewing it. Uh, they took it up, and they reviewed it. And then they said, coach, we reviewed it, and he did make the 42. And I said, you guys, he did not make the 42. And they said, coach, well, we reviewed it. And I said, well, I'm going to challenge it anyway. And they said, coach, we've already, you're going to just, we've already reviewed it. And I said, I want to challenge it anyway. I want it in the record that I challenged that that didn't make the 42 yard line. When I challenged it, they reviewed it for like, and then came back and told me, instead of saying he made the 42 yard line, their statement was, we do not have the camera angle to reverse the call on the field, which was totally different than what they told me the first time. They told me that the first time, I'd have never used a timeout. They didn't have the camera angle. What they told me was, he made the mark. That's what they continually told me. And I said he did not make the mark. So that was. So Dino Babers, right there. I believe he was right at the line of scrimmage per some later comments that he made. Uh, had a great angle. Wanted on record that he challenged the call. Wanted to make the point that he challenged the call. Uh, here's the deal right? This was frustrating. It was a 7 nothing game. You are your 3 nothing game, was it, at that point? 
Uh, you are playing this game. You are excited. You're you're fired up, right? You got that early excitement. It was three nothing at that point. You're okay. You're feeling all right. You're feeling good. You get a blocked punt. You stuff him, right? He is short of the line to gain. You saw the punter's helmet. If you saw that image uh, on ESPN's pages and a couple of other spots, absolutely destroyed. They still get the first down. It's a momentum killer. Right, It takes a team that is fired up to play its biggest opponent so far of the season in a really, really strong, really, really talented North Carolina Tar Heels squad, led by a future top 10 pick, if not top five pick in Drake May, well coached by Mac Brown and company. Right, This is a phenomenal football team, and you have a huge, huge momentum shift at the start of the game with a blocked punt. You had already forced the punt, right? just getting the ball back. It was a good thing and a big deal for Syracuse to try and put some points on the board, tie that game, if not take the lead. Things shift. That call is deemed a first down. Twitter lights up. I went rogue on Twitter. I was frustrated, going nasty, whatever. Then we watch the rest of the game. Okay. We watch North Carolina beat Syracuse over the top again and again and again. We watch Syracuse fail to put drives together, right? As I look at the drive chart, uh, number of plays, six plays for, or three plays for six yards, seven plays for 30 yards, five plays for four yards, one play for negative one yards, nine plays, and this was the scoring drive for the touchdown, seven plays for 27 yards, three plays for five yards, four plays for 23 yards, four plays for 12 yards, two plays for five yards, right? I watched the rest of this football game. And the more I watched the rest of this football game, the less the ruling mattered. And you can say, oh, but Owen, you don't understand how much momentum that would have brought Syracuse to start, you know, relatively deep in opposing territory at the 35-ish in plus territory. That's a big deal. That's huge. You're right. It is. I watched the rest of this football game, though. And even if Syracuse scores a touchdown there to make it 7-3 and to get up and to get ahead, Drake May had a career day. And I don't think his day was influenced at all by that call. He's having a career day regardless. They had their way with you on offense. Consistent plays over the top. Consistently doing what they needed to do. Run, drive, 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 right? I just went through the drive chart for Syracuse. The drive chart for North Carolina, very different. 14 plays, 64 yards. 17 plays, 94 yards. 9 plays, 77 yards. Nine plays, 95 yards, 12 plays, 72 yards, 10 plays, 57 yards, four plays, 87 yards. That's their first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven possessions ended in points for North Carolina. Their first seven possessions ended in points. So you take that one away, six of their seven first possessions still ended points. Okay, that call stunk. It was brutal to see, and it deflated this team maybe earlier than it would have been deflated. But anybody who objectively watched the rest of that game in any capacity, not entirely blindsided and blindfolded by Syracuse 
and that one call could see that it didn't really matter when all was said and done. Let's take a break. We got more to talk about on the other side. But before that, let's chat a little bit about our friends at Athletic Brewing Company. Now it is time for your Game Changer of the Week brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. Today we'll give it to Amari Hatcher, right? Not a ton of bright spots on this team for Syracuse this week. Let's give it to Amari. Had a decent game uh, at the receiver spot to get out, get some yards, uh, 75 plus yards in this game. He's had a strong start to the season. One of uh, the most surprising players on this offense for Syracuse, in my opinion. Uh, So much like Amari has changed the game for Syracuse, Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed this game. They make non-alcoholic beers that are great tasting and award-winning and beat out full-strength beers in global competitions. They brew over 50 styles of craft, non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Golden Sours, and more. They're fit for all times. You can drink them anytime, anywhere and make the activity even more enjoyable. You're going on the golf course, bring them. You're watching a big game, bring them. You're tackling work, no issue there, or you're working out, not even an issue there. There are so many times that you can enjoy Athletic Brewing Company, and there's no hangovers ever. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use code LOCKDOWN to get 15% off your first online order. That's code loc K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions, and conditions do apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, Owen Valentine on your Lockdown Syracuse Monday episode. Let me ask, right, do you agree with me on that whole first segment? Yes, that call was brutal. It hurt to see. It was frustrating. It was infuriating. It was disappointing. Insert, you know, angry word there. There are some four-letter words that were being shouted, I'm sure, across the Syracuse faithful. It was disappointing. It hurt, right? You don't want to see that happen. But you watch the rest of the game. And you cannot blame this football game on that one call, watching what Syracuse did the rest of the way through. I almost turned the game off. It was just frustrating. It was disappointing. There was no spark to bring me back in. It was bad, right? This was not a well-played football game by Syracuse University. Not a well-played football game. And people are angry. I'm reading the comments in the press conference on YouTube. People are angry. Um, with Babers for saying that, you know, North Carolina has a good football team. And that's what he does every time they lose a game. Let's let's pump the brakes, all right? Because in a second, I will talk about some frustrations with Dino Babers. Because this is not a game where Dino gets off scot-free. This is not a game where the coaching staff gets off scot-free. But Dino Babers is not in the wrong to say that North Carolina is a very good football team. 
because they are. They are an undefeated football team. They're winning games and they're scoring points. They have an incredibly high-powered offense. And you bring back Tez Walker to make them even more high-powered. And Syracuse didn't even get the full Tez experience. I think that will continue to escalate for them uh, heading into next week as Carolina plays Miami, uh, heading into the rest of the season. They got a game against Clemson. Uh, They do not, if I remember correctly, they do not cross paths with Florida State unless it would be in the ACC championship game. North Carolina is a team that's going to be pressing the top 10 uh, very, very soon. After this win, a couple of top 10 losses this weekend. Uh, Next week, they're playing a decent team in Miami, one of the better teams in the ACC. They're a win away from being a top 10 football team. This is a very good football team you lost to. And I understand that. And I want to keep that in the back of my mind as we break this game down, just like we tried to keep the fact that Colgate is who Colgate is. Western Michigan is still Western Michigan. Purdue is by no means at the top of their game right now. And Army is Army. We like to keep that in the back of our mind when we break these games down. So I'd like to keep it pertinent and prevalent and relevant and everybody in the loop that North Carolina is a very good football team that Syracuse is not supposed to beat. Everything needs to be looked at through that lens. With that being said, this was still a poorly played football game by the Syracuse Orange. There were mistakes. There were issues. I'm not sure I liked every coaching decision that I saw. It feels like, and I saw a number of other people thinking this and talking about this uh, you know, on Twitter and, and throughout this game, the play calling has gotten a little stagnant. It's gotten a little dry. Uh, and the offense... And the defense have been not incredible, right? Through four weeks, you were all excited, right? You're top 10 in the league or in the country in offensive points per game. And you're top 10 in the country in defensive points per game. Last two weeks, yikes. Okay. They are flipping the switch. You are not scoring points on offense and you are allowing points on defense at a clip far higher than what you can allow to succeed. North Carolina beat you over the top far too many times. North Carolina had its way uh, offensively for the entirety of this football game. I mean, let's look at Drake May's box score because he had a day reminiscent of that Lamar Jackson game that we all remember oh so clearly in the dome. 33 for 47 for 442 yards and three touchdowns plus another 61 yards on the ground, 55 yards on the ground and a rushing touchdown. A four total touchdown game. And he was what? Three yards shy of a 500 total yard football game. How many yards did Syracuse have offensively, you might ask? 213, 211. Okay, Drake May more than doubled Syracuse's total offensive output. In this football game, he played phenomenally. He had a career day, but I'll say this, not all of it has to do with him. He came out firing. He came out and he knew he was having a day. Okay. It was just one of those days. You sort of saw him come out and you knew things were going to click pretty good. And for Syracuse to hold him to three on that first possession, I was relatively pleased. A nice little bend don't break. You can allow three points against North Carolina. What you can't allow 
is the run on touchdowns that ensued afterwards. They scored on their next three possessions, three touchdowns. And I know you can take one of those away because of the call, but still, North Carolina just pressed and ran and threw and was open and consistently, consistently gets those seven to eight yards on first down, which opens the gates for you to throw over the top on second down and allows you to be more creative and take shots down the field. And it is a gap that we seem to see consistently in this 3-3-5 defense where the chunk yardage plays are always open, especially when you look at the teams that are above Syracuse, that are better football teams than the Orange. They seem to be able to exploit those gaps that you get in playing the style of defense and the coverage that the 3-3-5 is. There is a lot of space in that five to 10 yard window. And it seems like North Carolina, Clemson, uh, even you know some of the teams like Purdue uh, were able to exploit that for a decent chunk of time. Um, that's a gap that you know, needs to be filled, needs to be addressed because as we all know, as Dino Babers alluded to, next week doesn't get easier. Next week, you're playing a quarterback that is equally difficult to play against as Drake May and Jordan Travis. You're playing a football team that is better than North Carolina next week. You've got to figure things out now. And I'm not even saying to beat Florida State. I think that's out of the picture. That's out of the question. We knew that heading into the season. But you've got to show your fan base that you can compete for some span of time against these teams and that in the exciting the big opponent three-game stretch that is Clemson North Carolina and Florida State you don't get steamrolled game one game two and game three of that stretch you need to show something for this fan base because I'll tell you what I'm sitting here right now and I remember getting to 6-0 and last year and the high that that was I remember the 4-0 and start this year and the high that that was, and the excitement that coincides with you being undefeated for more than a game or two. It's exciting. It brings you in. You want to talk about this football team. You want to discuss things. You like to talk about the good. You can even hint on the bad, and things are still fun discussions when you're 4-0 or you're 6-0. But the more I watch, I'm seeing eerie reminiscence of the falling apart that was the five games after a 6-0 and start last year. Yes, you're playing tougher talent. I get that. But you have looked bad. Schrader does not look like how you need him to look for this team to succeed. We said it all throughout preseason camp. Garrett Schrader dictates the success of this football team. And the last two weeks, Garrett Schrader does not seem like the same play. Doesn't seem as confident. Seems like he's missing the mark on passes a little bit more. Seems like the decision-making isn't as solid as it was in games one through four. And you can chalk enough of that up to the opponent, but I think it surpasses the opponent. And that is where things get nerve-wracking for Syracuse moving forward. Because we all know so recently what happens and how frustrating and obnoxious and disappointing the five weeks last week were the 0 and 5 stretch that was ugly and brutal and embarrassing 
after you were once number 14 in the country. It feels too eerily similar to that. And I need you to show me something against Florida State that proves that things are going to be okay. And that is not a victory. That is not only solved with upsetting a top five team in the country. That is not what I'm here to say. I'm here to say that next week you need to show that this team has some fight in it. And Dino Babers can coach against teams that are in the upper portion of the ACC, not just the bottom of the conference and the garbage that is the non-conference schedule. Let's take one more break. Let's talk a little bit about eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED light, or headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors, they've got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for with eBay Guaranteed Fit. Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need and the prices you want, it's easier to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. All right. Final stretch on your Lockdown Syracuse Monday episode. We'll go to Twitter, get some of your input. I have not read any of these yet. This is all going to be off the cuff. Uh, we'll talk this through. Uh, a couple of your responses off of Twitter to close out this episode, and then we'll be back tomorrow with a little bit more uh, on some of the details, some of the intricacies, some of Dino Baber's uh, early week press conference as well, uh, and break this down a little bit more. We'll start with Jaden Lynn. Yeah, UNC is a really great team. That's it. There's not really much you can do when such a good quarterback like Drake May is on the field. It's like having Garrett Schrader playing against high school guys, except Drake's got really good wide receivers. Offense wasn't good either. Big fan here. Thank you, Jaden. I appreciate that. I think you're spot on there for a lot of it. Drake May is outstanding. Drake May is an NFL caliber quarterback, and UNC is becoming an NFL uh, quarterback machine uh, in the last five years or so. Now once Drake May... Uh, gets drafted. Inevitably, there'll be two uh, from the last, I believe, four drafts, three drafts. I uh, Don't quote me on that. I'm not the NFL draft guy. Uh, but Drake May is outstanding. He has an outstanding wide receiving group as well. His receiving core is tremendous. And he is a tremendous quarterback. And that's what you saw. Okay. You give him a nice little running back too, and a Marion Hampton. This is a team that is going to win. And they have been winning. Uh, and, and you look at their receiving and, you know, Syracuse actually held J.J. Jones in check pretty effectively. A guy that, um, you know, really was their their go to receiver uh, so far in, in the start of the season for for Drake May. But Tez Bryan is back or Tez Walker is back. Uh, he had six receptions. Nate McCollum with seven receptions. Right? They, they can spread this ball out. And he is a phenomenal quarterback. Uh, Randy Horwitz says the talent difference is still glaring. Recruiting is what it is. Yeah, no, look, not beating around the bush there, Randy. We get it, right? North Carolina is bringing in better recruits than Syracuse. And they're bringing in more recruits at that upper echelon than Syracuse is, right? And I think that is the biggest difference. It's not necessarily the top. Yes, that is a difference maker. That is a huge deal. The top of the recruiting classes are a tremendous deal. But I think the biggest differences you get 
is that outside your top three or four or five recruits in a class, North Carolina's, Clemson's, Florida State's, Miami's, insert your top of the ACC, their next 10 recruits are guys that can contribute, are guys that are are much more effective, even if they're not going to be day one starters. And the issue that Syracuse runs into is their non-day one starter recruits are far too often these more long shot projects. And Syracuse, I will give them credit for this, has actually had decent success with these players in finding talent that you know, maybe is a little bit less seen and a little bit underdeveloped and being able to bring that into a second or third year guy that can be a contributor. The issue with that mantra, the issue with that is you lack the depth and not everyone works out. And it sometimes pins you into tough spots scholarship wise. It sometimes pins you into tough spots depth chart wise. Uh, And I think that is where my biggest issue recruiting is or the biggest difference maker recruiting is, is in that middling batch and the effectiveness and the impact of the guys that Syracuse is bringing in in that middling batch and the guys that the top of the conference bring in. And I hope that makes sense. Uh, Next one is Midnight 30. I don't know if it's realistic, but we got to get bigger on both lines. Can't expect to beat the upper echelon if we get bullied at the line of scrimmage. That goes to recruiting. That is spot on. That goes back to the Notre Dame game that I talked about uh, last week. That goes back to the Clemson game that we saw, right? When Syracuse gets beat bad, it is so oftentimes glaring in the trenches, glaring uh, with Syracuse's offensive line, glaring with an undersized defensive line. I love Darton. He is tiny, okay? He's a sawed-off nose tackle. We've heard that phrase so many times. That is Darton. It's an undersized defensive line that in games where they're playing you know, equal or lesser opponents can compete. But when they're playing teams that are even a skosh better than Syracuse, it is exploited and it is glaringly evident. Uh, let's go to Breen, C Breen 40 on Twitter. The call was definitely a brutal blow, but it's not what lost this game. Completely overmatched and getting back on the road next week to face an even better FSU team. Not a great spot, but there are winnable games in the future. So this October stretch can't define November. I like that outlook. Okay. This is your toughest stretch. This is a stretch that most people that cover Syracuse football predicted the orange to be 0-3. I don't think we saw it being as bad as it's been the first two weeks. Florida State is going to be a brutal test next week. But as we've said, the month of November and the rest of your slate is pretty simple uh, and is not an incredibly overpowering stretch. You've got the bottom of the ACC. So you should be excited on that one. Uh, Todd, 96, lost to a much better team on the road. Most likely the same thing happens next week. This season is about those final five games. Yeah, very similar look to what Breen just said. Uh, you got a tough one next week. Those five games define you, right? You can go nine and three. That is what those five games bring you opportunity-wise. You could go nine and three based on those five games. You could also roll over and cave and go six and six, or they're very, very disappointing. I would be astonished to see five and seven, right? That You control your destiny here because you have winnable games if you look past Florida State. Um, let's wrap this episode up. I appreciate the input on Twitter. 
Uh, it was a fun one, right? A lot of opinions on Twitter during that football game on Saturday. Uh, that's where we'll wrap things up today. I'll catch you tomorrow with more on your Lockdown Syracuse Tuesday episode. But thanks for making us your first listen today and every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts, part of the Lockdown. You are locked on Syracuse. Wrong button. Let's throw this one up there. Uh, be kind. Have a good day. Make somebody smile today. Enjoy your day off if you're someone in that cohort that gets the day off. I'll see you tomorrow.